0: Uh, so, yeah so how I see this is you know it's really about our walk with God uh, just the three C's uh, the
1: three C's of commitment contentment and confidence
0: yeah so yeah um, that, and that's what it's based upon if you guys remember last week uh, looking at Psalm 15 we saw that last week that in order to approach God there's a certain requirement right we need to be holy we need to be uh, all these certain things but to, right now we need to see this three C's of our relationship with God so we can walk with God today okay? so we can walk with God today okay um, the first one is we need to have commitment to walk, uh, to God. Uh, the second one is we need to have contentment in God. And the third one is we need to have confidence in God. Okay. Um, so, in uh, introductory matter, we know this is by David because uh, remember how we mentioned that the English verse 1 is different than the Hebrew verse 1. So if you ever look at a Hebrew Bible, uh, if you ever look at a Hebrew Bible, the uh, Hebrew verse 1 uh, is actually the part before our English verse 1 where it says a mictum. Uh, make them basically I think the best translation Is just basically inscription Things that are written To be preserved Okay um, And why I think Psalm 16 is here important Is I actually think Is because Psalm 15 If we read Psalm 15 You would, might think Some of us might think Oh the way we can worship God Is we have to be Works righteous right We have to do all these things That are good And godly Okay um, But here I think In Psalm 16 we, Yeah we also know We're sinful right We're sinful We can't do enough good works So Psalm 16 is about how, uh, I also think it also shows that we need to trust in God, specifically even trust in God's grace, okay? So, for the first part is, in terms of our walk with God, we're going to see the three C's. And I think even as we look at it, as we have to ask ourselves a question, is how is our commitment towards God? How is our contentment with God? And how is our confidence in God, okay? How is our confidence in God, Okay. Uh, so the first part is we need to have a uh, commitment with God So the general principle is In verses 1 Preserve in me, I take refuge in you okay? uh, One of the commentaries I uh, read Made a really interesting point uh, When we hear the word uh, shelter When we say someone is sheltered We often in American English We think that's a negative connotation right? When I say someone is sheltered What do you guys think about? When I say for instance oh, I'm very, I live a, lived a very sheltered life What do you guys think about when you guys hear that term? They haven't been exposed to much? Good, okay. When I think of the word shelter, I think of a house. You think of someone's a house? Okay, good, okay. Anything else? By the way, there's also a generational difference, right? Sometimes, it's very loaded. yeah, it's very loaded, okay. Uh, sometimes I think there's also a generational difference. Someone that's older might say or younger one is sheltered because they haven't been, what, much life experience? But sometimes with those that are young It might even be like Oh the person Have never seen a drug sale Has taken place And therefore there's uh, shelter That's one, one of the commentary I right? read But here we actually see in verses 1 there's a diff- This is a positive connotation of shelter That is uh, um, the idea that You're going to God And He's your refuge He's your shelter From things that are difficult Okay. So this is not talking about Lack of experience This is talking about That God is the one Who helps you out in your life Okay. Who helps you out in your life Okay
1: I also think uh, of shelter Like in the wilderness They put up like A hut Like oh, When you Get out the rain Or yeah. like the sun And there's like yeah. all this
0: okay. There's all uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah why don't we just Stay, stay with the text okay, okay. So text. Uh, let's look at this Verses 1 okay uh, The general principle is uh, you, You're trusting in God For your refuge okay um, but what does that look like? What does our trust and our commitment look like? I think it's spelled out with another further uh, S. right? Look at verses 2. Uh, commitment to God means we're submitting to God as your Lord, okay? Um, a Commitment to God means you're submitting to God as your Lord. Because verses 2 says, I, uh, the first half says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord, okay? Now, the first Lord is a capital L-R-D in your Bible? Yeah, yeah okay. That's actually the, God's personal name in Hebrew, God's personal name is actually Yahweh. But sometimes in English it's translated as what? Jehovah. Okay? Sometimes it's translated as Jehovah. Uh, and then notice it says, uh, I said to Jehovah or Yahweh, You are what? My Lord. Okay? That is, you are my boss. Okay? Uh, and Lord here has the idea of Adonai means just uh, a, a boss. Like you think of a slave master or even a king is what you are called. So if you trust in God, that means you submit to Him as your boss. That is, whatever He says to you, you obey and listen, okay? Uh, A a second commitment to God means relying on the sufficiency of God's goodness rather than one's own gentleness, okay? Uh, 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 one uh, own goodness. Now, this is why I said last week, when we look at a psalm, it's important never to look at one psalm. Last week, uh, we looked at psalm verses 1. Uh, Psalm 15 verses 1 Uh, I'm just going to read this real quick It says Oh Lord Who may abide in your tent? Okay Who may dwell in your holy hill? And then we saw there was a requirement In order to approach God in His holiness In order to approach God in His holiness uh, That means If we approach God We must be able to have All these holiness uh, attributes And characteristics Um, But does that mean That we could do enough good things To approach God? Do we do enough good things To approach God? No Okay we cannot do enough good things to approach God Okay We can um, believe in faith Yeah Because we cannot do enough good things Because And in verse 2 Verses 2 shows very clearly Okay Verses 2 shows very clearly that Who do we need to go to as our righteousness Who do we need to go to God as our righteousness Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Okay Because actually it says here I said to you, you uh, It says here that I have no good besides what God Okay God. So Do we have enough goodness in ourselves to approach God no, we have to, if we truly have are committed to God, we also need to uh, trust in the sufficiency of God to be our what? Righteousness, okay? By the way, if you think about it, this is pretty amazing. Sometimes people think when they read the Old Testament, it's all by works. You, go to, uh, you approach God. Is that truly the case? Here we already see that, hey, we don't have our goodness in ourselves. We need to trust in whose goodness? In God's goodness. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Uh, thirdly, we also see... Uh, we also see satisfaction in the people of God, okay? A commitment to God means finding satisfaction in the people of God, okay? Uh, as for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic one in whom are, is all my delight, okay? Uh, verses 3, okay? Um, you find here that you also find satisfaction in who? In God, right? Uh, not only God, but if you love God, you also love who? God's way. People, okay? Uh, as for the saints, this is t- uh, some people look at the word saints. When you guys hear the word saints, what do you guys think about? What do you guys think of when you think of the word saints? Ben and Noel, what do you guys think of? When you guys Not me. Not me, okay. <laughs> okay. What about you, Noel? God's people. Okay, good, okay. Sometimes we don't think it's ourselves because we think... Uh, or what about in a greater culture? I think most people outside of uh, biblical language... In our greater culture We think of Catholic view Right yeah, often yeah. What does the Catholic view Of saints mean? St. Saint Paul St. Paul St. Peter St. what? St. John St. John All and, kinds of saints Yeah Catholics. Yeah okay.
1: well, so, I don't know If the basilica Is called St. Saint, Saint basilica Or is that just
0: uh, Basilica is usually The building the Reference to the building Okay uh, So saints we all, In the Catholic view Is often the idea Of someone that has done A lot of good things In the church history And therefore You could go to them For help You could well, they would not say prayer, but basically you talk to them. Is ask Matthew them for their considered a saint? Uh, the Catholic Church does. But the biblical view of saints means just any believers, okay? Any, you, any believers that trust in Christ, you have been, what? Called apart and made into a saint of God, okay? But well, uh, we can
1: also consider Andrew a saint. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Is or all of us. Yeah, for the Catholic, you pay homage. But then for, uh, for the Church... For the Bible is actually any believers, okay? Some look at this verse and say this might be angels, but I don't think it's referring to angels here because it talks about these are saints where? In the earth. In the earth, okay? So I think it refers to really God's believer. Why some people think it might be angels? Is because the next part, the parallel line, calls them what? Majestic ones. Now it's kind of like what Mr. Burns said earlier in the beginning when he shared. When you look around us, we might not be as what? Majestic, right? None of us here would say a hey, majesty, okay? Myself included. We are all, what, lowly uh, saints, okay? Uh, But God calls us this not because we have any righteousness on our own, but we've been imputed uh, of God's righteousness. We've been saints in the sense that God calls us apart to these holy people, okay? So in light of all this, a commitment to God means what? A commitment to God means you actually enjoy God's people, okay? You enjoy God's people. Um, God's people might not necessarily be easy, Might not necessarily be um, shining in the world standard, but yet you actually find satisfaction in God's people because, what, you love God first, and therefore you love, what, God's people. Does that make sense? Okay. makes sense. Uh, So you make a commitment also as well of God's people. You make a commitment with God's church. Uh, Commitment to God means separation from the enemies of God, okay? Uh, So there's also a parallel. You love God's people, but you also separate yourself from the enemies of God. That's what verse 4 says. Uh, Josh, could you read verse 4?
1: The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. Okay. The Lord is my portion.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, so here we see in verses, uh, very clearly in verses 4, right, Um the, the, uh, yeah, so verses 4 makes it very clear um, We are to separate from God's people By the way, the first part in verse 4 tells us That if we decide to have other gods Is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing Okay Would there be good consequence or bad consequence? Bad okay By the way, the way the Hebrew, the verbs here Is actually the same like uh, Genesis 3.16 Do you remember Genesis 3.16? You can look at your outline, okay? Um, to the woman This is the curse right To the woman he said I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth So the same phrase The same construct in the Hebrew uh, In Psalm 16 verse 4 Where it says I'll Multiply sorrow It's actually the same way It's bringing echo to say Is there a consequence of sin? Yes Okay Childbirth will be increased But for those that now says I'm going to follow another God For those that now says I'll follow another God What does it say here? It says, uh, those sorrow, I will barter, okay? Uh, those who decide to go after another god, guess what? Their sorrows. Notice, by the way, the Hebrew word is plural, right? With sorrow, okay? Um, so now their sorrow will be increased, okay? But now, a lot of this, David then goes on to say, should we be close with those that worship another god? In the sense of worshiping with them. No, because notice it's the next line, 4B, in the middle, uh, the second line says, I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, okay? Um, Because back then when they worship other gods, what do they do? Do they offer sacrifice to those gods, okay? By the way, uh, just curious, any guys, when you guys are younger, uh, I'm speaking, I know some of us have Asian background, um, did your parents ever take you guys to offer animal sacrifices to uh, things? I remember my mom and dad took me to like, those, you know, Chinese deities kind of thing, right? Um, or even at Incense, home. Though. Incense, okay. Uh, or even, what about, if you guys ever offered, like, got a really big pig? Anything like that? Um, you know, a really big pig. My not sacrifice. That's
1: too much money.
0: That's too much money, okay. Incense is much cheaper. Okay. So this is more my mom's side because my mom was Southeast Asian, okay, uh, with, the, uh, with Laotian background. It was like a big deal. When there's a wedding, wow. You know, the, it's not just a small pig. It's a whole big thing. roasted. Right, it's a sacrifice, okay? Uh, And part of it, as you see here, is he's saying here, "I will not pour out their drink offering of blood." He's not going to join in with them in the sense of worshiping with them also as well. There's a point where you say, "No, you cannot participate." Notice it also goes on the third line of verse four says, "Nor will I take their names upon my lips." That is, they're not giving esteem to those who are to be enemies of God. Okay, they're here saying what. They're not going to be, what, um, giving attention to those who are enemies of God, okay? So that's the two different ways David describes? Yeah, uh, Yeah. so these are two ways we say we don't fellowship with God. Obviously, we don't join in the actual worship, but we also don't speak of them highly, okay? Now, there comes to be, of course, it gets complicated because we live in our life, there's a lot of non-believers, okay? Does that mean we don't work with them? No, that's not what it's saying. Does that mean we don't show love to them? I don't think it's the But in terms of actual worship, in terms of actually esteeming them more than God's people, I think there is a comparison and contrast that we do love the church more. Okay? I, you know, I know it might not... By the way, in, in, even in New Testament, uh, in terms of New Testament giving to help those that are hurting, do we help those within the church first or outside the church? What's the priority? Within the church, right? Within the Meeting widows, the taking church. care of, right? By the way, the priority is actually this. We take care of those, our relatives, right? Our moms and our grandmas, the widows, right? That's what First Timothy gives, okay? Then after that, you see that uh, then afterward is you take care of those in the church. Then eventually outside those outside the church evangelistically, okay? So in terms of application, are you committed to God, okay? And uh, there's
1: four different S's yeah. Um, so, submit, sufficiency, satisfaction, separation
0: Yeah, does your commitment to God show Yeah, in your life That you actually submit to God Right, God says something, you do it um, Second commitment is a Commitment is to rely on the sufficiency of God's goodness Right, rather than your own You're not thinking, oh I'm going to do good things, go to heaven But you trust that God, Christ has done it Thirdly, you find satisfaction with God's people You actually love God's people And you want to be with them And fourthly a commitment to practice separation from the enemies of God. Okay. Uh, by the way, God's people, is it easy to deal with? Not necessarily. But I think it's to the degree that we love God and we say we're going to be with God's people. Okay. Uh, that's the only strength that we could have. Okay? Sometimes I think uh, when people struggle with that, it also reveals where our heart is at. Uh, when we struggle to be with God's people, because it could only be by the supernatural power of God, experiencing His grace first, that we could, what? Actually find satisfaction Be with His people uh, Even if they're difficult Okay uh, Let's go on to the next point We need to find contentment in God Okay We need to find contentment in God Okay Verses 5 to 7 Okay uh, Let's go around and read 5, 6 and 7 Okay um, If I could have Josh And then uh, Ben And then Noel read, read 5, 6,
1: 7 The Lord is the portion of my inheritance And my cup He supports my lot. Lines have
0: fallen to me in Indeed, my okay, yeah, so in verses 5, right, uh, be content with God more than his gift of things is what I think t- verse 5 teach. Um, notice, uh, people usually like inheritance, yes? People usually like inheritance, yes? By the way, have people committed crime to get inheritance? Yes, you know.
1: For a million dollars?
0: Uh, yeah, or whatever else it is, okay. Um, I had this one friend who right now, uh, where he rent, the landlord has just died. But for the landlord was really old, was a really old woman. But once that person died, it turns out, supposedly, there's a will that they found that now it says the land is given to someone that was managing the property, someone that rents there too. So now they're in a bind that person. Who's renting it? Writes a check out, but whatever the check He it always makes it very clear. He writes it out. It says this is in lieu. So he writes. You know how we always say, you know, I don't know, Bre- Blake, Chad, or whatever. Right? He has to write all along out uh, all the names and also make a caveat to the trustee of the person dead. Because why? Uh, now they think what happened is, who's likely to give your property when you die? Is usually give it to you what your family, right? Not your someone that you're uh, the guy's paying rent to. But the legal document says that so there's now a dispute, okay? So people could do all kinds of things. Now I'm not gonna comment whether or not it's legal or not, but there's a legal dispute. But in the meantime, they're paying people are paying rent to this person that they're their former tenant also as well, okay? So it's a really tough legal bind. Bringing it up to say that people could people do fraud like that. By the way, could people murder to for inheritance, yes or no? Yes, yeah, so you guys heard of the Mendes brothers? You guys ever heard of that? It's these really crazy case, right? And like Marco brothers? Uh, yeah we can think of many examples okay but here, in light of all this, did you see what verse five says? Um, David says, who, who, what is his inheritance? Is God himself? He says, God is my cup, and he support my lot. And do you guys realize how radical that is? Uh, he's saying that among God 's gifts, God could give inheritance, God could give food, God could even give drink, but who's above that all is God himself okay God, as it says here, is my cup it's as if David is saying that God is his food and drink, okay Um, in the last line, God, David is also saying he's content and thankful for what for God's support, okay so be content with God directing your life, okay the lions has fallen to me in a pleasant place Um, verse 6, indeed my inheritance is beautiful to me, okay David is content with God giving him what, pleasant places, right, um we would like to live in a nice place, yes? Uh, we could pray uh, We could seek out Where we would r- like to have our house, right? Uh, is that a good thing? Yeah, that's not a bad thing uh, With that But look at verses 6 uh, look, Looking at verses 6 here uh, The phrase that's mentioned lines Is actually referring to measuring lines Saying, okay, where's exactly your property? And how much is it that you have, okay? And also the word uh, heritage Heritage uh, it's all, uh, uh, some of the other versions say uh, Portion Is often referred to Israel When they got the promised land They're going to divide up the land Of who gets exactly what And here David is using these kind of language To say Hey God you have blessed me With land You have blessed me uh, By the way he's king During David's time the, When he was king Will the Israel increase In the amount of land That they have With all his wars And all his conquests? Will it decrease or increase It's going to increase and yet he says all this, he could be what content with God, directing in his sovereignty in his life. okay? But yet I think it's important to realize in light of the previous verse, we should be thankful and content with God has given us, but ultimately our full contentment is not what God has given us only, but ultimately is found in who is in God himself, okay? is in God himself. Now how can we have contentment? Uh, how can we have contentment when sometimes we could be more content? We can find more joy in the things that God has given us More than God Himself, right? By the way, could sometimes people be more content with their relationship With their uh, boyfriend-girlfriend status With their marriage With their wife Or their husband more than God Or their children Could that happen? Yeah But how is it then you could have more contentment in God? How could you have more than that? I think that's the answer in verse 7 Okay? Verse 7 uh, Nancy, would you be able to read verse 7 out loud? Okay, so here we see in verses 7, right, um, I think how we finally get contentment in a way to balance all of God's good gift, right, of property, of good food, of relationship, of a nice car, whatever else. I think the way to balance that is actually to find contentment in His Word, okay, uh, Verses. by the way, if you're caught up in the things of the world, will you be reading the Word of God? no. But yet reading the word of God would also put all those good things that God's given us in balance yeah okay I actually think the more we read God's word that's how we actually cultivate the love for who for God okay there is a reciprocal relationship. the more you love his word, the more you will love who God the more you love God the more you will read his what word okay uh, when you struggle with loving God are you going to be struggling with loving God's word yeah okay and being in his word okay look with me in verses seven uh, verses seven. Here, okay. Um, I will bless the Lord who has counselled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. Okay. The word counsel, uh, when we talk about God counselling, is often associated in the Psalms or Scripture. Okay. Put your pinky or thumb in Psalm 16, and let's turn with me to Psalms 1, verse 2. Okay. Psalm 1, verse 2. When we turn to Psalm 1, verse 2. Uh, when we turn to Psalm 1, verse 2. Um, Josh, would you ever read Psalm one
1: verse two? Yeah, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates
0: day and night. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in his so notice here, uh, it mentions the law of the Lord, which is what Scripture. Okay. Uh, and this is in contrast. This is talking about earlier in verses one. Uh, in contrast to the person who's wicked, right? Uh, the wicked one does he walk in the counsel of the wicked? No. The wicked one, he will. But the one that's blessed, he doesn't listen to the counsel of, uh, of the wicked. What does he listen to? The word of the Lord. Do You guys see the contrast or the comparison here? Uh, so, also turn with me also as well. I want to. Why I'm looking at this is to say that the counsel from God has to be from God's word. Turn with me also as well to Psalm 119, verse 24. Okay, Let's turn to Psalm 119, verse 24. Uh, ben Chung, would you be able to read that?
1: Psalm Your testimonies are my delight.
0: They are my counselors. Yeah. Notice here it says very clearly that it's God's testimonies. is what? His Word are the ones that are what? Our counselors. Okay? Um, they are my counselors as it says here. Okay? Uh, so here we see um, that if, if we are to be content, ultimately the way we would have contentment has to be what? Well, God's Word as our counselor God's word uh, we usually think of counselor as someone who will go to share our burdens but also a wise counselor would eventually also speak and gives us the right words and we would find contentment in that and ultimately that would be uh, in Christ okay by the way I just want to mention real quick the word where, uh, the next line it says my mind instruct me does all your versions say my mind does any of your versions say kidneys right. uh, literally in the Hebrew your version say heart. Okay, uh, that's NKJB right? Okay, uh, these are one of the few instances in the uh, Old Testament where use the words kidneys. Okay, so it literally is saying my kidneys, um, even my in the night time, my kidneys instruct me. Okay, so why is it that I think uh, uh, the way, best way to think about it? Okay, is sometimes Scripture talk about kidneys. And the reason why it ties about kidneys as if the mind is like the same way we think of say the word heart, right? When we say, oh man, I miss you of all my what? Heart. Does that literally mean the organ that's pumping blood? We use that as a euf- uh, euphemism or substitute for what? The mind, yes? But we understand that. So I think the way when we say kidneys is I think of, um, for instance, when I tell Nancy, I love you of all, with the bottom of my heart. Okay? What does that mean? That means with all of my what? Kidney. Heart. Yeah, heart, okay? Yes. Yeah, good, okay? So you're you're going down with a, a bottom motion, okay? You're saying that you're so consumed with all of you. The same phrase, which says, to the bottom of my heart, We what we mean that is we're fully with our being. So when we say down to the kidneys, it's saying, oh, I'm thinking about you fully, okay? Does that make sense? It's so down to your heart, down to the point of your kidneys. And the kidneys being a reference to your conscience like and your, your deepest thought, okay? Yeah, okay? Yeah, by the way, you guys realize that um, even today when we think about like, oh, oh, that person has... Uh, an amazing brain Okay You guys realize In different cultures That doesn't compute We don't In other culture, They don't For instance In um, Egyptian culture When you say Someone is smart You say what A big brain Okay Ancient uh, Because they don't Think of brain By the way You know what they did When they uh, did mummies Did they keep the brain you No know, they're like What is this and They threw it away Okay So they mummified everything But they kind of like Sucked that part out And, and, and then they leave the heart Because they think The heart is important Because it's a symbol Of your mind Okay are we going to say something? Uh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, through the nose. Yeah, very good. Wow. You remember that from your, I don't know, history class? Yeah, I remember class, that you put
1: the middle hook through the nose and then scrambled it and then pulled it out. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So, in light of this, it's saying, really, it's saying that we, in our deepest thought, need to be thinking about who? Thinking about God's word and find contentment, okay? So his application um, Remember how Jesus, uh, David already said Lord you are my drink Remember that? You are my cup uh, If God is like food and drink Do you then find strength and refreshment from God? Remember Jesus also said What? Quoting the Old Testament Man does not live on what alone Bread alone What must be in the word of what? God, right? Do you go to the word of God For renewal Refreshment By the way Reading God's words Could I be honest? Sometimes hurts Sometimes it convicts, shows a lot of flaws, imperfection. where we all fall short in so many ways, right? But also I think the Word of God does surgery. It cleanses us. It washes us new, too. And here God's Word is also our food that provide us strength and renewal. Second application question. Are you content with God more than His gift of things, right? Are you content with God more than His gift of things, Thirdly, be content with God guiding your life. It will be different than others. There's no room for envy. Okay. Uh, I think one of the big things of our human life is often the more older we get, the easier we could be envious or jealous. You guys realize that? It might be not in the beginning because there's a lot of hope and aspiration. But sometimes when you see those that are older, I imagine there's probably even more bitterness in where a retirement home because there's a lot of dreams that were not fulfilled then you look at, oh, this person has this, this person don't have, have that. That's a very danger that we have. Even if we don't experience it now, uh, when we're young, we might have that when we're older, okay? So, so how do we deal with that? I think the best thing is to realize is God calls us to very different paths, okay? God Each path, God calls exactly to what we can handle, okay? And also, it, and blessing comes in different ways, okay? Blessing comes in different ways. We need to realize that. So the way to check ourselves from not being content is, I think, actually a heavy dose of the reading of the Word of God, okay? By the way, you guys realize, sometimes we think, oh, if I only reach this level, then I'll be content. Really? But once we reach that level, then we'll see those within our own quote, quote level and say, hey, how come this person have this? How come this person doesn't have that, right? By the way, you, even whatever job we have, like, okay, boom, you can reach this job. But then you think, oh, how come this guy has a better version of this job? Does that make sense? How come this person is working, for instance, I don't know, um, uh, a pastor, but why is he a pastor of a big church? Or why is he a pharmacist But a pharmacist in a hospital Or pharmacists get paid well Or a pharmacist that's working with Pharmaceutical research, right? Or I, I'm just giving an example, okay? I'm not like targeting anyone but I'm just bringing it to say that That's like the heart Our human heart, right? right. We could all easily do that, okay? Yeah. Whatever what we're doing with, okay? That's the sinfulness of our heart So the best way is to go to God's word And find contentment in God, ultimately <laughs> Yeah, so which asks this question, do you read God's Word to find contentment? Not just to find rules, but contentment. Lastly, we need to find confidence in God. I think we need to find confidence in God more than our confidence in ourselves. And then this is found in verses 8-11. Uh, in the short time we have left, I'm going to just summarize here real quick. This passage talked about God's uh, David's confidence in God. Jen pointed out earlier when we were sharing observation verses 8 verses 9 do you see that part it's, he says I will not be shaken I will not be shaken can we say this in our life I think if we're real if you're like me maybe this house in 4am I could see in th- things in my life and I could count exactly what things in my life could go wrong and I could easily be shaken up okay if my wife dies if you know whatever else you know all these things I could say wow could easily be if my kid has something bad happen I would be shaken up but David says with confidence in verse 9, I will not be shaken. And yet he says, not only he has confidence, he has so much confidence, he described that he could have joy in the Lord. He could have joy in the Lord. Do you see that in verses 9? Mine says, I will not be shaken in verse 8. Oh, in verses 8. Okay, sorry, verses 8. Okay, Actually, you're right, verses 8. I made a mistake. Okay? But look at verses 9. It describes his joy. He says, uh, in describing his joy, in verses 9, he says what? My heart is what? Glad, okay? Literally there, rejoice or joy. Then in verses 10, okay, in your presence is fullness of what? Or verses 11, fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are what? Pleasures, how long? Forever. Forever, okay? So this is such confidence in God that he could actually have what? Joy, not just a minimalist uh, confidence in God. Merely to get by and not be shaken but He goes on and says I have so much confidence That I could find all my confidence All my joy in you And I'm confident of this Not in anything else This mean confidence of God Is also applies for even salvation Look with me in verses uh, 10 It says For you will not abandon me to My soul to Shaol You guys know what the word Shaol means? What does the word Shaol mean? Hades Hades under, Basically the underworld Or even grave at times Okay But in looking at this In verses uh, 10 Do you realize He's so confident in God David a thousand years Before Christ Said he's confident That God will what Give him salvation Okay Will save him from death Will save him from the grave And even from Sheol Or hell Or Hades itself Okay Isn't that incredible This is a thousand years Before Christ You already see Even in the Old Testament It was never by works It was never by works We've been saved Even in the Old Testament Here David is saying Remember earlier, he believed Christ is his righteousness, right? Or God is his goodness. Now in verses 10, he's saying that I'm so confident in God, I will not be shattered, shaken. I would even trust in God to save me from what? Hell itself. Is that amazing? I mean, does that sink in how amazing this is? Why can you trust in God for his salvation? Look with me again in verses 10, second line. Do you see the part where it says, Nor will you allow your holiness, holy one, to undergo decay. Actually, let's read. If you guys look at the outline, let's read this together. Nor will you, say this, Nor will you allow, allow your Holy One
1: you
0: to undergo, undergo decay. decay. Okay. okay. Who is this talking about, this Holy One? Is this David talking about himself? No. I would say no. Actually, I think if you pay attention to the syntax, uh, there's a fascinating... This individual is not talking about David Because if you look earlier All in this psalm right. This is David talking about himself In verses 5 for instance He says my inheritance My means who? <coughs> himself Okay My cup Verse 5 My lot uh, Me In verses 8 uh, My right hand Verses 8 My heart Versus 9 And my flesh Okay You see that this is all talking about David About himself But then in verses 10 He switches what? To a third person uh, object or referent, I mean, which is your holy one. Is he okay. talking about Jesus Christ? I think this is talking about Jesus Christ. You know why? It's because it's this. Did David die, and was Did buried? Die. Yes. Did his body decay when he was buried? I think that. Yes, of day course. Day. Okay. So this cannot be talking about him. In fact, this is the reasoning that uh, uh, Peter would have in Acts two twenty four to thirty two. He'll say this is not talking about David. This is David as a prophet talking about who about ahead of time about the Messiah he's the only one that will be fulfilled so the reason why we could have confidence in God is this the Messiah himself will die for our sins and he will be resurrected this is why we could be able to have what eternal life this is why we could be saved and this is why we could be able to what uh, even be able to be confident in God and not be shaken in any part of our life okay by the way, David, uh, Paul also appealed to this also as well. Now, isn't that amazing that we could trust in Christ? This is prophesied a thousand years before Christ was ever uh, lived and born, that Jesus Christ will be what? Resurrected. Okay? And that's the basis for our salvation. It's incredible to think da- David, at this point, that the Messiah actually was resurrected yet. No. but He no. already had confidence in God because yeah. of this prophecy. Yeah. How much more so should we, on the other side of the cross, after Christ has already been died and resurrected, should we have what? True Greater confidence That we could be Confident in God So when we are Confident in God We could what? We can have Our commitment Towards God We could find Our contentment In God And we could find Our joy in God Okay Uh, Let me close